Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. You don't want to do any negotiating or chatting. You're just like, yep, yep, yep. That sounds great. Salary expectations? Zero dollars. Happy to be here. I'll do it for free. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister Sarah to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment top doggy and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. Em, who are we giving a big fat shout out to? I feel like I might know this listener. You certainly do. It goes to our friend Kate. She said, hi Sarah and Emma, you guys have no idea how much you've helped me in this job search. Before listening to your podcasts, I couldn't even know how to answer, tell me about yourself. And because of that, I rarely pass the first round of interviews. I was scared to tell them where I'm from because my first language isn't English and my job is in the legal field. I simply did not know about myself and never reflected on why I wanted to be in this field. Sounds like me. (laughs) But you guys appeared in my life like angels after listening to your podcasts religiously and religiously in caps locks. It makes so much sense why I was so bad at interviewing. I decided to attend a coaching session with Sarah and oh my God, that was the best investment I've ever made in myself. How sweet. After the coaching session, I consistently made it to the final rounds of all the jobs that I applied and I'm happy to share that I finally got an offer. They offered me 20k more than I currently make, a hybrid working schedule and much better benefits. I could not have done this without your help. Please keep up the good work. Kate. Oh my God, this is incredible. I just love it when I hear back from people who've done a coaching session because it obviously is a huge investment for someone to take not only the money, but also the time to go out of their way to say, hey, I'm going to spend like this whole hour. We're going to go into depth. But I love that we were able to come up with some like big light bulb moments of like, oh, I've been doing it this way. That makes so much sense. And not everyone gets those light bulb moments because sometimes you just need to tweak and change and improve. But I do often have quite a few light bulb moments of like, oh, I've never thought about it that way. Oh, I wouldn't have done that last time. And it's so nice to have that feeling. And I think the other thing about it is that it wasn't a quick fix either. She didn't get the very next job she went for, but she saw an improvement in like, okay, I started making it further. And then eventually one did show up. 
So it's a process still, but you can at least feel like you're moving in the right direction. And a part of this success story was how she said earlier she was scared to tell them where she was from because English isn't her first language and that hopefully you'd made her work that into her tell me about yourself and she started not beating around the bush and nailed it and was confident about her story and that I'd like to think helped get her there as well. And like where she said, I'd never reflected on why I wanted to be in this field. Newsflash, if that's you out there, you're going to have to reflect on that. We have an episode called Know Thyself and all about asking yourself these kinds of questions and doing a bit of reflecting. It's so important. I think a lot of people don't spend the time to do that and it makes it really hard. Definitely. Now, if you want to one day be able to send us a message like Kate and therefore you'd like to book a coaching session, you can check out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. As always, if you want some advice, you want to give some feedback, hit us up, slide into our DMs, follow us first. It's very rude if you request something from us, but you don't follow us. <laughs> and we could lovingly, please follow And us. we could dedicate a whole episode to you. This episode isn't from a request, but it is something that I always see in my coaching sessions. So it's really great that we call that out at the beginning for my sessions. But I often have people that book in because they're interviewing for a job that they are so, so excited about. And so they think, okay, I'm going to do a coaching session. I have to do everything possible to go for this job. And one of the very first things I can tell when they do their written submission is, oh, I'm going to have to talk to this person about not hyping this job up too much because it can really damage your mindset going in and potentially hurt your chances if you're completely building up this job as the be all and end all. So I kind of think of it as like you're putting the job up on a pedestal. Which I find this concept interesting because you can't help when you're so excited about a job when it really does feel like your dream job. You know what I mean? I know. How, like, I know. It, it I know. some hype. And you should be hyped. I want you to be excited. It's just, you know, when you go past excitement into like my eyes aren't even working, like I can't even speak words yeah. and like I'm just too – that's where I feel like people get to. They go beyond excitement and into complete and total terror as if like the whole rest of my career hinges on this next 30 minutes and how I perform. That's way too much pressure and I don't think anyone could kind of deal with that kind of feeling without training for it. So I think often you just have to take the job off the pedestal. You don't have to take it completely off. Maybe we're just talking here about like taking it a couple of steps down, getting it a little bit closer to the ground. What can it sound like if someone is acting like a job is on the pedestal? What are some common things that you hear them say that you go, oh, you are too into this? I have to do well in this interview. I have to nail it. Like it's not I want to or I'm excited to or whatever. It's I have to. There's a lot of pressure in that. Like, oh, what's the alternative? There is no alternative. I have to do well. Does that make sense? Like there's no other option. What else do you think? Like put yourself in the mindset of you're over the moon. It's your absolute dream job. What would you be saying or thinking? It's perfect. It was made for me. Yes. This role was made for me. Or just being like, I'm so excited about this particular job. Talking about it being your dream job as well. I think that's another key tactic or key sign. You might also be telling everyone about it. I think this kind of happens when you're just so excited and like maybe you got an interview and you've just told 
everyone in your life because you're so excited about this role. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying these are some indicators, if this is you, that you might want to keep on listening to this episode because I want you to check if you're maybe approaching pedestal territory. Which again is so hard because like people do have dream jobs out there. They really do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And all I want you to do is just to not work yourself up to the point that it impacts your performance. That's what we're trying to do here. I'm not saying you can't be excited. It's the best thing in the world to be excited. But I just don't want you to put so much pressure on yourself that you then get performance anxiety. That's kind of what we're trying to avoid. You might also be comparing every other job that you are applying for or seeing out there to this one job. Like it becomes your measuring stick almost. Like, yeah, this other one popped up, but it doesn't have the, you know, work from home two days a week like this, or it doesn't have yeah, the gym and it doesn't membership. have this and they don't do this. Yeah. You're comparing everything to this job and using, you know, something that you're really, really excited about as the measuring stick for everything else, I think can be dangerous because they might just have a really well-written job ad and a great employer brand, but there might be another company out there where the job itself is just as good if you knew about it. They just don't do a very good job of communicating that. So anyway, let's go into how can this hold you back in your job search? Why is this even a bad thing? You're like, it's so natural. Like, Why are we even avoiding the pedestal anyway? I do have one that immediately comes to mind. You can put all your eggs in one basket and then don't keep applying because you're obsessed, particularly if you get an interview so it feels like you're on the right track and you've got a great chance and you're just hyper fixating. And then that can be a drawn out process. Sometimes it might take a few weeks to hear. And then if you don't get it and you weren't actively applying in that time, you're a few more weeks deep into unemployment, potentially, if that's your situation, and the desperation grows and it can put you in a tough position. Yeah. And you like got that disappointment of not getting that job you were so excited about, but it's compounded by the fact that there was all these other jobs you didn't apply for and you go back and regret that because you thought that you had this one and, oh, but I would have applied for that other thing or I would have reached out to that person if I knew I wasn't going to get this. So I think you can put the blinkers on a little bit if there's a job that's holding you back. So you want to keep that in mind. The other thing is you just put so much pressure on yourself for the interview that you just combust. You blank, you forget, you're shaking, you're sweating. It just is a pressure cooker situation and nobody is going to succeed in those circumstances. Or you start to think like, I want to be perfect. I want to say exactly the right thing. I want to get it exactly right. And then you approach your prep like you're trying to robot script yourself and searching exactly what the right answer is for these things. And you're kind of overthinking it. That sounds like what listeners do before they've found us. And then we coach them that interviewers aren't looking for a textbook perfect answer. They're looking for real answers and to actually get insight to you and for you to not become a robot. But if we're hyper fixating, we might get back into that robot scripting and want to give- You might be tempted to go onto that TikTok page where they say, this is exactly what you should say to this interview question. And you might get sucked into that. I've done some coaching sessions with people who said, oh, but I was told not to say it like that. And I went, where did you hear that? Because I guarantee you it wasn't me. And she was like, oh, it was a YouTube video. And I'm like, yes, mm. I know it was. Please don't listen to people unless they're recruiters, unless they've actually recruited before. If they're just a career coach, please, please think about scrolling on. Oh my God, the ones that annoy me so much are the ones that are like, 
I'm a mum and I was busy and now I make six figures and it's preying on these tired mums and women that are trying to do it all and everyone else and people comment and go, how do I do this? And they're like, DM me and it's some ambiguous, oh. I so appreciate the hustle because I've seen this kind of thing on like, hey, how do I come up with side hustle businesses or how do I come up with ideas on what I could do to work for myself? And a lot of it says like, okay, think about what you've been good at doing in the past. And they're like, oh, I've always been good at getting hired. So I'm going to help other people get hired. Look, I respect the hustle. Really, I do. And some of them might have helpful tips. It's just that you're reducing my whole career to something that you've decided that you can learn from the outside by just having done it yourself. Getting a job is not the same as knowing what goes into behind the scenes and why the decision was made. And we've talked about this before. I'm getting sidetracked, but I often see things like steal this resume. This is the one that I use to get hired at Google. You're like, I don't think it's the template. I think it's the fact that you worked at Amazon. Your experience. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's that tech company, the startup that you worked at. I think that's the reason Google hired you. It's not the resume template. (laughs) God damn it. Hey, Job Hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step-by-step-by-step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits, and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. But yes, getting back on track, you put so much pressure on yourself that you want to turn into a robot. That's not what we want. No, we don't. You might also ignore the red flags and not ask any questions or dig deeper onto things that you maybe should. Like you might just kind of brush things over. It's a bit like when you like are in that kind of honeymoon stage of dating someone and you just ignore all of their little idiosyncrasies and problems. And you're like, that's not going to be a problem. And like famous last words, you can kind of get blindsided. Like you've got rose colored glasses on. Also, you could sell yourself short on the offer because you're so obsessed with just having it in the first place that you don't want to do any negotiating or chatting. You're just like, yep, yep, yep. That sounds great. Salary expectations? Zero dollars. Happy to be here. I'll do it for free. This reminds me of um, in an interview once, don't recommend this, for the job that I had in my gap year. At the end of the interview, they asked me if I knew how to drive a manual a stick shift for the US (laughs) listeners. Have you told this story before? I think maybe. I think so. But they asked me, can you drive a manual car, like a stick shift for my US listeners? And I just panicked and said yes. And it wasn't even an actual interview (laughs) question as in like, this is was part of the job criteria. Can you? It was just like in passing, like, oh, could you? And I, I was like, yeah, yep. Yep. 100%. Of course. Of course I can. And so I left and I was like, fuck, I start in two weeks and I need to learn how to drive a manual. So shout out to my bestie, Bonnie. She'll be listening to this. And my friend, Jess, who taught me to drive a manual in like two weeks. And the only reason it was because sometimes I had to go and do errands, like go to Woolies, the post office. Woolies, sorry, is a supermarket. Go to the grocery store. And they just happened to have manual work cars. So it was like, hey, if you don't want to have to take your personal car for the five-minute trip down the road, you can just take that. 
I easily could have taken my own. Anyway, it was a handy skill to learn, but that was kind of it because I was so desperate for the job. There was such limited jobs like this, traineeships in my small rural town. I needed it. And I was like, yep, hundred percent. I'll do anything. Yeah. Did you think about the fact that like, if it was more extreme, would you have still said yes? Or did you kind of feel like, I'm sure I can solve that problem? Yes. That's sort of how it was. Yeah. Was there a bit of awareness of like, I don't, but I'm sure I could learn? Yes. I knew how, I knew the basics. Like I had driven in paddocks before. I just had never done it really in a road setting. So I was like, (laughs) look, that's easy. I can can do that. I can work it out. (laughs) I'll figure it out. How hard could it be? (laughs) Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. So anyway, it all worked out. It did. But I can see what you're saying. Like you might be more likely to say yes to whatever they come up with. Oh, you're happy to be five days in the office, right? Oh, of course, of course, anything to work here. And you might have to then think about that later and be like, that doesn't work. I don't have childcare five days. Like you might be less likely to stick up for yourself. Totally. Here's all the ways that that can hold you back. So we don't want you to be putting the job up on a pedestal. Excitement is good. Pedestal, bad. How are we reframing and dealing with this? Em, have you got strategies? What do you recommend? I know you always say to try and come up with a couple of red flags. Now, I don't want people to think like, you have to be, you know, coming up with awful, awful red flags about the company. But, you know, we want to bring some some form of criticism to light. We want to be thinking, hmm. I just want you to find stuff that you're not obsessed with. Like if the role is an 11 out of 10, I want you to find some stuff that's like an eight. You know what I mean? Like just bring it down a little bit. Just some, hey, there's some things about this company. Like you have to pay really expensive parking. Yep. Or maybe it's like a bit of a commute or something like that. You might want to research that. Maybe they have some bad reviews on their Indeed or their Glassdoor or, you know, some people are talking about the culture or maybe the internal progression is bad. Like, again, those are not be all end all things. They're just, ooh, planting a little seed of like, this company isn't perfect because- No company is. Newsflash, this company is not perfect perfect. I promise you, I'm willing to put my whole career on the line to promise you that the company or the job that you're going for is not perfect, no matter how much you think it is. So there will be stuff you can find. Sometimes I think we get into this trap when we're unhappy at a job and you're like, oh, if I left, like it just wouldn't be like this because there wouldn't be that person or that thing or that whatever. And not to discredit that because totally in a lot of situations, that is true. Like it's a toxic environment, whatever. But in the next one, there will inevitably be something, something else. else. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's the same thing with relationships. It's like, oh, your current partner is horrible and never listens to you and doesn't help out around the house. Cool. I'm sure you actually could do better. But the next one who is really lovely and looks after you, he clips his toenails and he leaves them everywhere. Like there's gonna be something. <laughs> there's gonna be something. Is that a weird example? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not personal it just came to mind i promise that's never happened before <laughs> there's just going to be something small everyone has something and so I want you to think about all the things about the job that you don't know yet. Maybe you can't actually find them online or you can't find anything that you don't like, but I want you to imagine, like we're using our imagination here. What if your desk is like right next to the bathroom and like people are constantly rushing past you to get to the bathroom and there's smells that waft out? No, that I don't hate that. You know what I hate is the bathroom <laughs> being in a common place. My current work. Oh, you have to walk past everyone. I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, (laughs) I have bladder problems and I pee a lot. And I am always like, 
Is he counting how many times I've been? Is he counting on his watch? Don't look at me. Don't make eye contact. It's fine. See, bathroom location might not be ideal depending on your situation. What if there's a really obnoxious colleague you have to work with? Like there's just might be someone that you really don't like. What if the company never wants to spend money on anything? They never have budget for stuff. Uh, annoying. What if like they like to print everything really old school? Like, I don't know, just there could be all these little- That is so bizarre. Can I just say, because I deal with media releases a lot, I'm constantly opening emails, looking at media releases, writing them up, and I do it all electronically. I'm an electronic girly. And this older person got employed once to work alongside us and she printed everything. And it drove us insane. Our office turned into bloody a hoarder's like stacks of papers everywhere. And it was so inefficient. I was like, get rid of this. Paper out of no here. no need. You are killing the environment. Maybe you have to work with someone who prints a lot, or maybe you get given something to do that you really don't like doing. Like there's heaps of like spreadsheet work and you don't like spreadsheets. Like imagine all the things that you do not yet know about this job. And I want you to imagine that some of them are a five out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. That's all we're doing. We're just making it more realistic. Now, this last strategy I think is really fun. This is like a take on if you're doing a speech in a room and you're nervous, imagine the members of the crowd naked. Or in their underwear. I don't think I've heard the naked one. Naked would be weird. No, that's what they say. Anyway, (laughs) what we're going to do is picture the people we're interviewing doing their dishes at home because they're just people. (laughs) (laughs) I heard this on a podcast and I cannot even remember what podcast it was, but it was advice for thinking about your boss or a senior person or someone that you're really intimidated by in their normal everyday environment. And the reason she said that was because one of her friends was this really big boss CEO or whatever. She's like, but I never knew him as that, like that we were just friends. So we'd go over there for dinner and whatever. And he's in this old tracksuit that's got a stain on it, just loading the dishwasher after dinner, just like an everyday person would at the end of the day. So the people who are interviewing you, the person you're really impressed with. This is so embarrassing for no reason. I'm picturing like certain people from my work (laughs) are people that like wear washing up gloves up to their elbows. And then other people are like more efficient with one of those dish sticks that have the dishwashing liquid that comes out of it. I'm all about the dish stick. I don't want to touch any gross wet rag with my hands. Yeah. And then another colleague of mine, so has like multiple wet sponges and stuff. (laughs) That's a fun exercise. see, they're just ordinary people who have chores and boring daily things just like you. No, I've got a good one. Picture them yelling for their dog to come back when it's running down the street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they've had to go outside and throw on slippers or or thongs to run so down and do that shuffle of like, Fluffy, get back here. That's embarrassing. <laughs> See, they're just humans. I really like the dog one because I think that it like maybe a really senior person could have like someone who does their dishes or something like that, but they would have to call their they own would. dog at the dog park. <laughs> They'd have to run after it. <laughs> Or picking up their poop. Ew, no. Look, I just want you to take these people as well off the pedestal that they sit on. They have problems. They have everyday stuff just like you. They're just people. So this episode was a bit of a, a mindset reframe. And if this is you, 
and you're super, super over the moon about this interview you've got, we love it. We're here for the enthusiasm. I'm all about it. I just don't want that enthusiasm to get carried away and to hold you back. To crumble you. We want to feel empowered by our excitement, not destroyed by our excitement. Exactly. Diamonds are made under pressure, but also lots of rocks crumble as well. So we don't want you to be the crumbler. We want you to be the diamond. I just came up with that. Is that excellent? I think it's great. Good luck out there. Put that on a (laughs) T-shirt. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify or tell someone about our wonderful podcast. That's how we can hit the charts and help even more people. For some helpful tips, savable content and a playlist of all of our helpful episodes, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss and make sure to follow. we've been your job search besties and helped you in some way, there's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.